Welcome to the Granary Church Mums and Kids podcast, where we want to have meaningful conversations around parenting, health, education, and creative ways to survive lockdown. We'll be blessed with many special guests, and you'll be lovingly hosted by Mel Attia. Mel is a part of the Granary Church's pastoral staff, has worked as a physiotherapist, and is an amazing mother of four. We pray this resource blesses and encourages you at this time. Hi, I'm Mel. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm really looking forward to your company. Today's guest is someone who can speak right into the current situation many are facing in homes now. Her name is Natalie Pittman. Natalie has a degree in psychology from the University of Newcastle and backed that up with a master's from the University of Sydney in coaching and positive psychology. Natalie has done lots of work with children and families on strengthening families and managing complex, challenging behaviours. Natalie works as a psychologist in private practice and the Catholic school system. And Natalie is going to be talking to us today about anxiety and helping our children through this current season so that our families can come through this stronger. Welcome, Natalie. Hi there. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, who would have known that we would have been talking about anxiety in this context? Four weeks ago, (laughs) we all had our routines and we all had our way of life and our family's um, schedules. And now the whole world's been turned upside down. And I think there are a lot of people, um, adults and children, who are really anxious about what's going to happen how long are things going to take to reveal themselves? What are we going to be doing this week, next month, next year? And um, I guess one of the things uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on, Natalie, is how do we as adults manage our own anxiety in the family so that we're not burdening our anxiety on the people around us? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's been a really uh, tricky and challenging time for everyone really around this situation because it's been such a quick turnaround and people have had to really start changing their lives. Their work situations have changed. Um, family situations have changed where children are, are at home during the day where they'd normally be at school. So I think it's been a really um, hard time for people to have to make a lot of changes in a really short period of time, which always brings up anxiety for people when there's, when there's major changes. And so I guess to start with, I'd just like to talk about normalizing those feelings because it is really normal to feel a bit stressed out right now and have concerns um, and not to be think- yeah. That's good. <laughs> I'm normal. Yes, you're definitely normal. We all are um, in our responses to change that um, it's our anxiety is going to raise. But it's thinking about how what's anxiety that's manageable, um, where we can still go about our day-to-day lives and still provide care for our children and still have relationships that are positive um, with people around us. Um, and to do that, it's being able to acknowledge, yeah, I'm feeling a bit stressed, um, but trying to get to a place where you can take a more practical sort of calm approach to what's going on around you and think about the reality of what the statistics are, what's in your control around being able to do what you can in the environment, which is stay home and keep up all those hygiene practices. And I think the more people feel a sense of control in their lives, the anxiety lessens a bit because they start to feel like, okay, well, there's things that I can do. 
um, in response to this. Is that behind the toilet paper thing, do you think? The feeling it's the one thing you can control <laughs> is how many rolls are in your cupboard? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I think, I mean, originally there was a lot of panic buying and people were um, becoming really anxious about, am I going to have enough to survive? And you know what it's like the day before Christmas and the shops are going to be shut for one day, people rush to the supermarkets. Well, the thought of having to be home for two or three weeks um, and have to survive, I think people went into that, oh, my goodness, I have to get everything I can for now and now they've got enough stuff that could last them for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a, that is one of those situations of what can I do to feel a bit in control. And so... Um, I think when you're thinking about how you respond to this situation in a way that is going to keep you in a good place, it's making sure that you're putting some boundaries around whether that's um, media exposure. If you're feeling like you're watching a lot of media, it's actually heightening your state of arousal or anxiety, then it's thinking about, well, it's time to exercise some control and put some boundaries on how much you're you're engaging with the media and making sure that when you are engaging it's with reputable sources um, and that there's time limits on it and that it's done at a time when it's appropriate, you know, not having the TV going for hours with your children in the same um, space, confined space and hearing everything that's going on. So having some protective measures, I guess, over what your children are being exposed to and also you as an individual um, about what's healthy for you. Um, so for my for myself, an example is um, I'm only watching the news maybe twice, uh, twice to three times over, well, every second day, every third day maybe. But I've also got an app on my phone that which is the Australian Government Coronavirus app. So that has all of the latest information. Um, so you can just check in with that and see, oh, has the Prime Minister said anything today that um, I really need to know or has there been a health alert? Um, today that I need to cover, keep, keep up to date with. So that's a way of trying to sort of limit how much you're engaging with it and having some control over how much you engage with it by being able to just have something in your phone that you check maybe once a day. That's really good, really good advice because, yes, you can get sucked down into the vortex of looking at social media and getting your information from there and um, it can actually consume you, I think. Um, that's great advice. You touched on there about what, you know, not letting your kids sort of be exposed to huge amount of news and that sort of thing. And one of the things um, I've, I've heard is that there's, you know, some people are saying that they don't want their kids at all to know what's going on. Um, they want to, you know, almost deny there's anything happening in the world and, and really protect their kids, which I can understand. And then there's another um, school of thought, which is very much, well, we need to give them some age-appropriate information because everything in their life has changed and they need to understand at some level what, what, you know, what's taking place. What do you think? Well, I mean, is there a right or a wrong? Is, is it, what advice would you have... Um, for people wanting to know how much their children should or shouldn't know? Unless you're a baby or a toddler, I don't think you're immune to having heard about what's going on in the world. I mean, for babies and toddlers, the only thing that they know is maybe mum and dad are a bit more stressed or they're a bit more distracted and they've got other things on their mind. They may not be as attentive. But for anyone over the age of two or three, um, 
those children are, are picking up their hearing words, they're, they're, they know that something is very different in their world. So I think um, trying to shelter those children from that news or, or pretending that something's not happening is likely to just bury it for that child. And even though they they know something's going on, they're going to perhaps feel a bit more concerned or worried or anxious because they know things are going on, but mum and dad aren't talking about it. And there's not a forum or a place for them to ask questions then. So when there's no, there's no place to talk about it, children quite often can start to make up their own versions of what's happening, um, which, which, possibly aren't based on the facts or they have yes they have other ideas about um what that they try and make sense of it in the best way they can I guess is what I'm saying um so I think if if you've got children that are a bit older than sort of three then having age-appropriate conversations and creating the space for them to be able to air and ask questions um and have it so that there's no there's no question that can't be brought to the table, I think is a good method of having everyone on the same page and then feeling like, oh, if I do have a concern, I can ask mum and dad and that's okay. Um, but I think, I think in when you talk about it, it's important to focus on, um, first of all, facts and talking about, well, oh, this is what it is. It's a virus. And, and then focusing on what we, are, what we can do to be really proactive in um, our role as a family and what the community is doing. Um, so you're giving a really clear, concise sort of message that's not lengthy. It's not something that, you know, you need to talk about all the details. And I certainly wouldn't be mentioning, you know, how many people have died from it or anything like that, but just talking about, well, this is what it is. It's a virus. Um, and these are the things that we need to do to keep safe. And the government's putting these restrictions in to make sure everyone can be as safe as they can. And this is what the doctors are doing. They're looking for a vaccine and they're helping anyone who is sick. That's great. That's really good advice. Thank you for that. So if you had, if you had a child that was stressing about this, um, I'm not talking little ones, obviously, you know, three, three years plus, what, what might that look like? If you've not had a child that's had an, an anxiety <laughs> before, and, but for some reason this is, this is brought about an, an anxious um, thought pattern for this child what could that look like what behaviors might you see that you that it give you a clue that your child might be a bit anxious um, they might be asking lots of questions about it and be really pro uh, preoccupied with the subject not being able to let go and enjoy their normal daily activities or things that they would normally really um, have a lot of fun with um, but instead be sort of coming back to that all the time um, and asking questions. And that's where it's important to have that kind of forum where they can get some of those answers to those questions yes. um, as a family. They also might be teary or um, overly reactive about things. Um, their behaviour might escalate in terms of being quite challenging um, or they might get really angry. So be really short and things are um, making them angry that wouldn't normally make them angry. And then there's also the physical symptoms. Um, so for some children, verbalising it or their external behaviour might not be so obvious, but what they're getting is stomach aches. So every day saying, I've got a stomach ache, I feel sick in the stomach. 
Um, and so that's another physical symptom that you might see with anxiety for children who are, are overly worrying about what's happening in their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a good, a good way to, I would say, to um, ease some of that anxiety and bring some comfort is trying to make sure that you set up routines for the kids, um, make sure life is as predictable as you can at home. So just have consistency around the way that your day is going um, and have things that the kids can be looking forward to um, throughout the day and also throughout the week. So you might plan on, you know, on Wednesday night, we're going to have a pizza night. We're all going to make pizza. And um, tonight we're going to make sure that we play a game of snap and then we're going to play whatever the, whatever, whatever the game is that they like playing or so that they've got things that they can be looking forward to and feeling hopeful about as well. Um, is really good. Yeah, that's really good advice. Thank you, Natalie. That, um, yeah, just brings a big topic down to some really simple um, and proactive things that we can all be doing. I guess uh, one other question, um, which for me, my kids being a bit older, homeschooling has actually been pretty um, smooth sailing. But I know for many people, we're only two weeks in, but people are feeling the pressure. It's been really, really hard to adjust to, to being a 24-7 um, <laughs> presence in the home and not just a parent anymore. You're now a teacher um, or, a, or a preschool, you know, activity coordinator. And a lot of people are really, really overwhelmed and are feeling like there's absolutely no space for themselves in the way everything's working at the moment. So I guess how, how would you, um, what strategies would you recommend for people who are now home, their kids are home, they're being teacher, they're being mum, they're being dad, to find that little bit of headspace for themselves? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'd probably say that at, this is the time at the moment to prioritise relationships within your family home and to prioritise health. So once you have those two things as your goals in your day-to-day life, when um, some of the stress of, oh, my goodness, they haven't done their seven times tables today, I'm a really bad person, starts to slip away because you realise, actually, this isn't the time to be worrying about whether they've done their seven times table today. Um, Now's the time to make sure that they just feel really safe, supported, loved, and that we're all engaging in a positive way together. Um, rather than stressing about small things that are academic achievements and outcomes when really that's the education department's role over this period to work out a way to educate kids um, via remote and distant learning platforms. So not to be overly concerned about um, academics when you've got school kids at this time I think is really important. When you think about 13 years for schooling, And maybe for three months, they're not really going to learn a whole heap, but they're actually going to emotionally and from on a a whole heap of other levels, going to learn a whole heap of stuff and feel really safe and loved in their families. That's going to be a great thing. Not at the end of the 13 years, um, they're missing out on three, three months of schooling isn't going to make a really big deal, a big difference in their life. So I guess not being hung up too much on having a lot of pressure on yourself as a parent to... Um, be covering off every educational thing at the moment it's just about how can we make this house a really good place that we all want to be and we we want to exist in as a family and how can we tighten our relationships rather than bring strain over sort of 
what might seem like small things, you know, at the moment. Um, and taking, taking the ease off things like dinners, you know, it's okay if you've had a really stressful day just to sort through the freezer and go, oh, great, we've got some chicken nuggets and I'm just going to put those in the oven and I'll chop up some fruit and that's dinner for tonight. Um, so, so lessening some of those expectations on um, what, you, what you think you need to do to be a good mum. Being a good mum at the moment is making sure that you're providing for them on an emotional level and making sure that your family is just keeping safe and healthy by doing all the things that the government's directing. Um, so I would say doing a bit of taking the pressure off, um, giving yourself a pat on the back and talking really positively with each other throughout the week about, are we doing a great job? You know, we've, we've done all of these things this week to make sure we're staying safe and we've had a really great time. Um, so giving yourself some congratulations on what a great job you're doing as a family and talking positively about what you're doing, not, not dwelling on maybe what you think you're not doing at the moment is important, um, as well as making sure that you've got some time out from the kids, like they go to bed and you, you engage in an activity that you find enjoyable and that's going to give you some meaning and rest and um, working out, yeah, working out what you really need. Fabulous. Great. Well, that is brilliant advice, Natalie. I wish you could yeah, be patched into every house in Newcastle and just sit there like the little magic fairy in the corner and just yeah, give people a really good perspective on what's going on at the moment because it is pretty easy to get, um, to get caught up and to get overly stressed and to lose lose sight of what's important. So thank you for reminding us of that today and thank you for sharing with us your expertise. We'd love to have you back on another occasion and um, hopefully it'll be the other side of the pandemic. <laughs> yes, let's hope. But um, thank you again. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward, everyone, to um, having you join us again next week where we'll have another amazing uh, speaker to share some knowledge and some encouragement with us. Thanks for listening today. If you found this podcast helpful, why not subscribe or share it with someone you know? If you'd like help, advice or encouragement in parenting, please contact the Granary Church at granary.org.au.